With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. The sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast. It's gonna be sick. The San Francisco 49ers are going to upset the Green Bay Packers this week. And before you think that I'm just some bitter Bears fan, which I absolutely am, there are some solid reasons for believing so. Now, obviously, the 49ers have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They get pressure with four guys where Aaron Rodgers actually excels when he's facing just four guys. But listen to this. When pressured this season, Aaron Rodgers' completion percentage goes from 75% down into the 30s. His passer rating, From 122 down to 53 when he is pressured, the 49ers have the pressure to harangue Aaron Rodgers all day. Number two, there is Debo Samuel, a problem that a lot of teams have not been able to solve as of yet. The Packers have allowed the third most yards per attempt this season. They're brutal in the red zone where they not only have to contend with Debo Samuel, But the 49ers also have a tremendous ground attack that includes Kyle Juszczyk, who I will predict will score a touchdown this week. Also, and this might be the most important point, Aaron Rodgers is 0-3 against the 49ers in the playoffs. The 49ers have found a way to get it done. And while a lot of people are asking the question right now, What do the 49ers have to do to keep up with the Packers? The question we should be asking, what are the Packers going to do to keep up with the 49ers? Give me San Francisco. And Sammy, give me the start of the show. Let's go. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast. It's going to be sick. What's up, everybody? It's the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Huge show planned for you. A lot of things going on with the Chicago Bears right now. And instead of listening to me go on and on like I've been doing for the last couple of weeks, I am going to be bringing in one of the biggest insiders for the Chicago Bears a man that you know from the sports mockery where he is the lead Bears insider. If you follow me on Twitter, 
You have seen me interacting with this young man quite a lot. He is one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Please welcome to the show, Sammy. Can we bring on Eric Lambert? Eric, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing good, Adam. How are you? Well, I'm doing wonderful. Huge fan, as you know, of your work. Listen, you you can go check the receipts, see all the likes, (laughs) see all the retweets. I think I'm always responding to your tweets and everything because you do a great job with the sports mockery. And today, well, Thursday, when we're recording this, you just came out with a brand new article talking about how the Bears have tipped their hands at what they could be possibly doing. What's going on with Chicago? Uh, basically, it's an interesting scheduling issue that they've uh, sort of unraveled here. It's that we know that Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts, is going to interview for a second time with them. So apparently he made a good impression in his first one, and that's going to happen on Monday. You know, nothing really too significant with that because nobody else has come in for a second interview as of yet. But then the revelation came out via Ian Rappaport that Morocco Brown, the Chiefs or uh, the Colts college scouting director, is going to interview on the same day. And when you also connect those two to Bill Polian, who has deep ties to the Colts, all these dots start to connect and you start to wonder, is this the pairing that the Bears are going to end up going with, especially considering Brown has deep connections to the Bears, having worked with them from 2001 to 2007. So it's not set in stone, obviously, but when you see something like that, it's hard not to start, you know, leaning towards that might be what they're going to do. Eric Dodds pulled out of an interview this week or pulled out of consideration I should say, obviously, another guy with deep Colts connections. Is that more of a reflection on the Bears or is this actually on Dodds himself? This isn't the first time that Ed Dodds has pulled out of a of a job interview process. He did it with Carolina last year. I think he did it with Cleveland as well. So he his reputation is he can be somewhat abrasive. His personality definitely isn't, isn't for everybody. He's somewhat of an acquired taste. Now, some owners may end up liking that, but at the end of the day, from everything I've heard, his interview didn't go as well as anybody would have hoped. So knowing Brown was going to be involved in the process and knowing he probably wasn't going to get the job anyway, he probably ended up bowing out. Well, here's the thing. Let's, let's stick with this for a while because Morocco Brown is somebody that I identified early on in this process as somebody I was kind of favoring. But one of the things that McCaskey said in their end of the year interview, (laughs) uh, which honestly, like I know that I've said this before, like if they make, if they make the right hire, the McCaskey's become like the Ursays or whomever where you're like, okay, fine. Like it doesn't, we'll wave to Virginia when we're going to the playoffs. It's no big deal. Uh, Morocco Brown is somebody though. I really like, but we've got the indication that, the general manager is going to run the whole operation. Is that going to be too big for a guy like Morocco Brown, or do you think that he's up to the challenge? I think that people look at his current job right now, director of college scouting, and thinking of him making that leap to GM is a little too steep. But you forget that he's actually been a director of player personnel in other locations, Cleveland, Washington. So he's served that second step step down up to GM before. So I think he's actually ready for this shot because he served – from 2008 to 2015 in a player personnel role. So he's got vast experience beyond what he's just done with the Colts. So yes, I do think he's prepared for the GM job. He knows Chicago. He's seen Chris Ballard do his work in in, uh, Indianapolis to a a really good job there. So I think he is prepared for the job if he ends up being the one to get it. And you talk about Dodds being abrasive. There's absolutely no indication or there's, there's, there's no evidence that Morocco, I, let me just rephrase this better. Morocco Brown is hilarious. Like he's a great personality, 
Do you think that kind of factors in a little bit or does that not matter at all? Oh, 100%. Communication is absolutely going to be absolutely crucial, especially with the McCaskies involved. They're, everybody knows they don't have a deep football background aside from owning the Bears. So being able to communicate, being able to get your message across to what you're trying to do as a GM, it was a big strength of Ryan Pace's. It's why he lasted as long as he did. So I think Morocco Brown's ability to communicate like that, it's going to be a big factor in him getting the job. Yes. And you know what? I will say this too. But like the Maras, the Roonies, the all these, they're just they just own a football team. They've hired the right people. Right. The Ursay family. They've hired the right people. I think if the McCaskies hire the right person, and let's say it's Morocco Brown, again, we're gonna be fine with it. We're not gonna have to make fun of the McCaskies. You can put away the clown emojis and do all that stuff. Let's talk about Everflues, though, for a moment. Let's say that and I I don't mind this. I don't, I'm not a, I don't care whether it's offensive or defensive guy, but do we have an indication? of who would possibly be his offensive coordinator if he did end up with a job. I, I, I did some digging on this, and there were a couple interesting names. Um, one of them was Scott Linehan, who he worked with in Dallas. Linehan has a solid track record when it comes to coordinating offenses. He did a pretty decent job in Dallas, aside from other places. Some might consider him a little too far behind the times, but if you're looking for an experienced offensive coordinator, you could you could definitely do a lot worse. Another one that was really interesting, um, his name is Derek Dooley. He worked with uh, Everflus in Missouri, and and for a brief time, he was an offensive coordinator at Missouri, and he actually had a lot of success there before eventually uh, jumping up to the NFL. I believe he's he was the Giants' uh, tight ends coach in 2021, so he's he's definitely a name. He's a younger name you should watch, and if Everflus keeps him in mind, I think that's somebody who could be a really exciting sort of hire who deserves a shot at the NFL level. Is that Dooley? Is that connected to the family from the SEC, or is that... I don't know. Like I, don't, I, I honestly don't know. I, I couldn't get that much information on him. I, I wouldn't be surprised. We'll look it up after the show. And then I'll, I'll do that. See, I nailed it. Um, I don't mind that at all. I do want to ask, though, because I know, and again, I'm not blaming the messenger, but there were reports that some coaches might not think of Justin Fields as a franchise quarterback. And I'm not, I'm not saying that these are your words. I think, it, I think it, the internet gets a little too unfair sometimes, especially Twitter. Like, I'm just reporting it. Like, what do you mm-hmm. want from me? Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. I understand what you're doing. How would, the, how would this organization, how would, I, I guess, Everflues and whomever he brings in and, and Morocco Brown, do you have any indication if they believe in Justin Fields? Uh, from those two in particular, I do not. Uh, from what I understand, one of the names that stuck out as a possibility that it might move on from Justin Fields, if given an opportunity, would be Brian Flores, because we've probably all heard the connection to Deshaun Watson at this point. He's looking for a mm-hmm. top five level quarterback, so somebody that he, he wouldn't have to be saddled with like he was with Tua Tagovailoa. So that would be one. I heard a couple of GM candidates weren't all that into Justin Fields, which is not surprising considering he did fall out of the top 10. But in terms of Everflus and um, Brown, I haven't heard anything in that regard. But I do believe that the whole thing here is if you want to move on from Justin Fields, then you're going to have to present us with a good alternative. Otherwise, we're going to want you to sort of explore this kid. He's got the talent. He's got the charisma, all that sort of stuff. So it's just one of those things that we're fine moving on from Justin but you have to give us a better alternative. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're sort of wasting our time. Right. And I, I think that outside of like, let's say Byron left, comes in from Tampa Bay and it's like, I'm bringing Tom Brady. I think, <laughs> right. Okay. I might make that move. If sure. I how do you, how do you feel that? Like, how do you feel personally about Justin Fields? I like him. 
you know, I get it. He didn't have the rookie year. A lot of people wish he would have. You know, the stats weren't quite there. He took a lot of sacks. He suffered some injuries. And those are all concerns, valid enough. But the coaching was not nearly adequate enough. He didn't have the best weapons. He didn't have the best protection. He needs to be in a more cohesive system that seems to understand what the identity of the offense is supposed to be. And that he just wasn't getting that from Matt Nagy. And I think with the next coaching staff, hopefully he'll get that. And plus the experience he was able to gain during his first year will actually serve him really well going into his second. I think he's got the talent. His work ethic is undeniable. And his want more than anything else, I think, is what's going to drive him forward. I expect him to be considerably better in uh, 2022. I'm with you. I mean, I I echo every one of those sentiments. Do we have uh, a feeling? Uh, I don't listen to Bill Polian's show on Sirius XM. I know he does it with Tom Pelissaro. I I stopped listening to it when he was taking Tony Carrente's side uh, so so vigorously um, Uh after the Monday night game. But I feel like if I'm remembering, and I don't want to put this into the, into the, like just trying to shape this narrative to fit my own views, but I feel like Polian kind of, even though that he was, publicly against Lamar Jackson being a quarterback. I think that he's okay with Justin Fields. And if he's connected with the Colts, it feels like these Colts candidates should also be connected and fine with Justin Fields as well. I would agree. You know, Justin is not Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was a run first type of quarterback when he was in Louisville. He, you know, his passing was fine. It was good for the college level, but it never came across as something that would, you know, get away with long term in the NFL. Obviously, Jackson has proven he can do that. But, you know, if you evaluated him back then, Polian did have some valid points. I think he went a little too extreme with some of them. Yeah, but if you watched watched Justin at Ohio State, he was much more of a pocket-style passer. He liked to stay in the pocket. He liked to throw the ball down the field. He fits that normal quarterback mold, even though he is highly mobile and he can run. So I think absolutely that Polian would be a big supporter of Justin in terms of a talent, and he would look to find people that would understand how to build around him. You talk about Morocco Brown. If you look at his track record going from team to team, they've all been really good at drafting offensive linemen, and that's something the Bears desperately need. So his hiring would actually make a ton of sense. And with Eberflus, his ability to coach discipline, coach, you know, stay on the details, all that sort of stuff. It actually fits with what you would want around somebody like Justin. And looking in at this, this hiring personally, like from a football standpoint, I think this makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And I even said when the bear, I I thought McCaskey's press conference, which everybody was all up in arms about. I thought the one, one of the most interesting things to come out of that was that the general managers answering directly to him, which means they're answering directly to the family which was a sticking point of Chris Ballard not taking the job earlier, which right. always meant to me like Chris Ballard got to them and Polian got to them like, look, forget Ted. The Whoever is hired has to answer to the family. So I'm now, I'm now like warmed up to the point of like, we're going to go Colts, which is fine. Like the Colts have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Family-owned team that has been very good franchise quarterbacks, everything like that. If they make this hire, like if Morocco Brown and Everflues end up being the hire, I know personally that we've I've made I've tweeted out stuff about Sean Payton. I've tweeted out stuff about Jim Harbaugh. Would it be seen as a step down? Would it seem as a letdown if this is the direction that the Bears went in? 
I, in the initial reaction, I think it would be, you know, publicly, unfortunately, nobody considered Eberflus a top head coach candidate when this whole process started. People had dreams of like Jim Harbaugh, Brian Dable, those types of names who are really going hot in the playoffs right now. And, you know, he just wanted Michigan Harbaugh did. And then on the GM front, you had Dodds, you have Rick Smith, the former GM of the Houston Texans, who surprisingly is still unemployed considering the success he oh, had there. Crazy. So, you know, you look at those guys and then you compare them to those two, you can understand why people would be a little let down. But in, in terms of some other candidates that are out there that they're looking at, I think that you, these are two solid guys, both experienced, both proven at what they've done. And if you're looking for two solid football minds who can get your whole organization back on track, I think you can do a lot worse. Yeah, you know what? And I look at it, too. I just feel like sometimes like it's just better to make a good football hire. Like, yes. I think the Colts, I don't want to say settled for Frank Reich, but they wanted to hire Josh McDaniels. Yeah. And they ended up yeah. with Frank Reich. And despite what happened at the end of the season, I think that's more Carson Wentz than Frank Reich. I think that that's worked out. Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier, obviously the Bills are playing this weekend. Are, are we are we done with it? Because, like, you and I, as we're talking, like, I, I feel like I've, I don't know about you. I don't want to put words into your mouth. I've almost just sort of been like, this is the way we're going. I'm cool with it. I like good football hires. Like we were saying, like Frank Reich turned out to be a pretty good hire for the Colts. I think that even if it's not the splashiest hire, sometimes just making the best football hire mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. But what about guys like Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier? Are we out of the are, are they still in the mix? What's going on with them? I do believe they are. Dable is one of the best offensive coordinators in the league. He's proven it at this point. And one of the things I've liked about him is he's vastly experienced in different locations and he's had success in different locations. He's learned under some great head coaches, Nick Saban in Alabama, Bill Belichick in New England, and now Sean McDermott in Buffalo. So he's experienced and he's also gotten better at what he does. He started out as an offensive coordinator, didn't have a lot of success, sort of bounced around and he lands in Buffalo, gets Josh Allen, turns him into an all world quarterback. And now they're, what I consider to be the favorite for the Super Bowl at this point, considering how they're playing right 100%. now. So you absolutely have to consider him because not only is he hot right now on his offensive side, but he's prepared, he's experienced, and he's ready. Unlike Matt Nagy, he'd only been on the job for two years at Kansas City. So that I do believe is in, in play. And a lot of people continue to connect Frazier to the Bears for obvious reasons. He's got the number one defense in the league. He's got prior connections to the Bears himself as a former 85 Bears player. So you can't ignore that as they go into the weekend when he's going to have his uh, interview tomorrow, I believe it is. So he's definitely still in the mix, although with the scheduling thing and all, all the other guys they still hit, yeah, haven't even interviewed yet. I don't think this is quite over yet. Right. I'm getting a, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm right. already like, I, I think I'm just ready to go. I sure. just want to know who it is. I think Leslie, I know a lot of people are always underwhelmed with Leslie Frazier. Number one, I think that he was given a bad rap in Minnesota. I think mm-hmm. having to play with Christian Ponder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what do you expect from him? If it was Leslie Frazier and he brought in Ken Dorsey to be his offensive coordinator, I got to be honest with you, Eric. I don't think that's terrible. No, I, Leslie went 10 and six in 2012 with Christian Ponder as his quarterback. <laughs> most of that year, you can't ignore that and just say he's a terrible head coach. He got results out of a team that probably shouldn't have ended up making the playoffs that year because he was able to make the adjustments. The defense played better. They ran behind Adrian Peterson, who was somehow playing the best football of his career coming off a torn up knee from the previous year. So he made things happen. Unfortunately, he was just given a really bad quarterback situation and just wasn't able to overcome it in a tough division. So, you know, he deserves a second opportunity. I don't 
you know, he's not my top candidate, but yeah. I would understand why the Bears would go that direction because he's doing a great job in Buffalo. He knows the organization. He's done this before. So it's not a terrible candidate, even though a lot of people are underwhelmed by it. Yeah, it's one of those things that I it's not the splash hire, but sometimes I again, I don't know if I'm just talking myself into these <laughs> inevitabilities. But I, I again I'm like, oh, I like the, Ken Dorsey's like a lot, a lot a lot of people really like him. Like it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Brian Flores, though, has also been linked to the New York Giants. And I know that there's been reports, and it might have even been you, who said that the Bears were smitten with Brian Flores. Am I reading it right? Are, is, is he? Are the Bears kind of cooling off on him, or what's the situation with Brian Flores? I don't think they're cooling off on him. I think they've run into a bit, a few hurdles in regards to the idea of hiring him because it's known that Flores wants a lot of power inside the organization, heavy say in personnel. He wants to be the guy at the forefront, not the general manager. So you'd have to find a GM that would be okay with that sort of role, similar to what's going on with Belichick in New England or Kyle Shanahan right. in San Francisco, sort of that setup. And the Bears have never really done that before. They tried it in 93 with Dave Wanstead, and then they immediately re- remo- right removed right all that power and gave it back to the GM. So they've never really done this before. And finding a GM who's comfortable with that can be a bit challenging. And also there's the, you know, the whole offensive fiasco he ran into down in Miami, losing a bunch of guys at offensive coordinator and finally trying to find something that works. So he has to sort through all of that, but also he's from New York. He's a Brooklyn guy. So if they're interested in him, he'd obviously be interested in that job. Plus you have to factor in that they have the ammunition to go get Deshaun Watson. If they want, they've got those two Mm -hmm. first round picks. They can sort of put a package together to make it happen. So you really can't ignore something like that. If they really make a push for uh, Flores, I think the giants are probably the team to beat. That would make a lot of sense. And I, I'm happy for them. Go out there. I love Deshaun Watson as an NFL football player. Sure. And I would, you know, if everything, if he gets cleared and everything and he's able to play in the NFL, that's great. I think the price is too steep and the giants want to make that move with one of our picks. That's fine. As long as Justin works out, Mm -hmm. I don't think that anybody, and for the record, I want, I want to be, I want on, on the record. I like Justin Fields. Sure. I want Justin Fields to succeed. Eric, you where just so everybody knows on Twitter, so they're not coming after you, acting like you're saying this. How do you feel about Justin Fields? I like Justin Fields. I absolutely want him to succeed, and I'm really hoping the Bears get behind him going into this offseason. Absolutely. And people also, one other, I know that I, I hate having to bring this up. When you're making comparisons to Justin Fields, not you, Eric. This is <laughs> this is Twitter nerd. Like, hey, like, look, what about Tua and Kyler? He's nothing like Tua or Kyler Murray. No. Like, you, you want to compare him to a quarterback? Think Josh Allen, think Joe Burrow. That's that's where your head should be. I and think what, the bigger Russell Wilson is more of a comparable. That's, yes, absolutely perfect. That is absolutely perfect. It's a and also by the way, LSU quarterbacks outside of Joe Burrow who have succeeded like the whole that can't okay yeah mm-hmm. wasn't Mettenberger wasn't anybody like that. I think Justin Fields is going to be just fine. But I want to thank you uh, for joining us here on the Sick Podcast. By the way. I follow Eric on Twitter. You should do it as well. He's at Eric Lambert one, one, make sure not, not the, the, the numeral, not <laughs> spelled out. Uh, Eric, anything else you want to promote before we uh, send you on your way? Uh, I publish out of at sports mockery. They have their own Twitter handle. They have their own website. I publish on there all the time. Feel free to visit the website as much as possible. Yeah. One of the best in the business. Thank you so much for stopping by and giving some clarity to a a cloudy situation. Eric Lambert. There he goes. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon.
That was fun. I think, uh, listen, I let Eric, I let Eric take all this, the slings and arrows. I think that moving in the direction of the Indianapolis Colts and taking those guys, I've said it time and time again, listen, there's a lot of families that own football teams in the NFL. It's all about putting the right people into place. I think Morocco Brown, who in episode one was the player, was the man who I identified. I think he would be a great choice. Listen, we don't have to rush through this. We don't need it to happen tomorrow, but I think that we're headed in the right direction. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think we have Cash with us, who's going to be joining us here today. I hope, I hope he stuck around. Now, if I can pull back the curtain a little bit, Cash, let me let me just tell you a couple of things. Number one, the, the sick podcast with Tony Marinaro. I hope everybody is listening to that show because it's fantastic. Tony is one of the best in the business, even if you're not a Montreal Canadiens hockey fan. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not. I don't like I don't like the Canadians. I don't like Patrick Waugh. I don't like Marty McStorley's curved stick. Any of that business. But I do love Cash and I appreciate you coming on. How you doing? I'm I'm great, man. And uh look, I'm not a Montreal Canadiens fan either, but uh I'll tell you who. I'll I'll get into it right away. I'm gonna tell you who I'm a fan of right away, Adam. Who is it? Tell me. Maybe I'm 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 not a I'm not a fan of them, but this week I'm a very big fan of them. Okay. So we'll say just this week, and I'm another big fan of the San Francisco 49ers. They were our preseason pick. You and I both picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. We're we're in bed with them. Like that's that's our team. So we're we're going on now. So I don't know if you were around when I did that. If you heard the cold open, I laid out three reasons why I think the 49ers can win this week. And it goes beyond me hating the Packers with legitimate football reasons. Why are you so enthralled with the 49ers this week? Yeah, so, so here's the thing. And like like you said, these guys have been my pick to win the Super Bowl. And starting off the year, it was really it was a weak start. It was it was looking bad. And I was like, look, they're probably not going to win the Super Bowl. And they managed to really turn things around. And coming into the playoffs, I was unsure. I liked the matchup against the Cowboys. And then we watched that game. It got a lot closer than it should have been. I, I said on the other podcast, they kicked, they kicked way too many field goals. If they would have turned oh, those touchdowns. It was brutal. Yeah, yeah. way settled – I think that they felt that they were going to shut the Cowboys down. Yeah. Which is why Kyle Shanahan did that. Yeah. I feel like given the same circumstance this week, they're going for touchdowns. I I think so as well. And here's another thing. They're the best red zone offense in the entire league, right? When they get down there, they score touchdowns. Uh, 100%. So I I was surprised to see that. But point being that I I saw them beat the Cowboys. And I was thinking to myself, I knew that if they won, they go to, they go to green Bay. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, that's, that's a pretty good matchup for them too. Look, if let's say Tampa Bay wins, we're skipping a little bit ahead here. And let's say San Francisco wins. I think that's a little bit of a different story. I don't know how well they match up against the Buccaneers. I'd have to dive into that. But here in Lambeau against the Packers, I think it's it's exactly what they wanted. I don't think they'd rather play another team than Green Bay at this point in the season, at this point in the playoffs, right? You have their extreme heavy run offense uh, that's going to run the ball into the ground. You're going to keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands as much as possible. When they played in the NFC Championship game two years ago, they ran the hell out of the ball. They had almost 300 yards in the entire game, just running the ball. Jimmy Jimmy G threw eight times. What's San Francisco's biggest problem this week? It's Jimmy G. They don't know if he's healthy or not, but here's the thing. The way that this team plays, you could send anybody out as quarterback. As long as they make a quick dip and dunk five-yard pass on third down here and there for the first down, they're going to run on first. They're going to run on second. They have elite weapons. I love the matchup. And here's another thing, Adam. The Green Bay Packers against the Rush are horrific. 
They rank yeah. 24th DVOA against the rush. It's awful. Their defense has really held them down this year. If it wasn't for their defense, if their defense was even near the middle of the pack, this Green Bay team would look like world beaters. It's the defense that's held them back. They haven't looked that great on defense. Some games they've, they've had some turnovers and stuff, but this isn't going to be one of those games. And another thing, Adam, they're in Lambeau. It's going to be cold environment. I read there's a 50% chance of snow. That's not, those aren't throwing conditions. Teams aren't going to want to be throwing the ball in there. I see San Francisco running this ball heavy. Yeah, I think. Oh, Adam left. I'll I'll continue for Adam. So basically, I really, really like the San Francisco 49ers in this matchup. Basically, because they're going to be running the ball. And here's the thing. When you're running the ball as much as they will, another thing that's going to incur is time of possession. Last week against the Dallas Cowboys, after the first half, the San Francisco 49ers had, oh, there he is. There he is. Oh my gosh. I've had I listen, I unplugged everything. I was I was having trouble earlier. I've had alarms go off. Uh I'm listen, I'm I'm making Sammy earn his his money this week. Uh alarms are going off. I had too many phones plugged into my laptop. Uh I'm hardwired into the internet too. I should not be losing power. But I love everything that you're saying about the the 49ers number one, because I you know hate Green Bay, but I think people are overlooking it. It was crazy. And I, I was talking to Eric about this. People are saying, what do the 49ers need to do? I'm not, I think what do the Packers have to do? I don't think people have a problem with, with, with Debo Samuel. And I know, uh, I don't know if you like, I like looking at the props. I don't bet or anything, but I always look at like Kyle Juszczyk first touchdown. I'm like, I don't know. That seems when they get near the goal line, they're so good. Yeah. A little, little flare pass to Kyle Juszczyk. I don't know. I'm going to make what, uh, one of my bold predictions on good morning football. No, it was on Total Access Friday night where I did the uh, the hot sauce, hot takes. One of mine was that Kyle Juszczyk has as many touchdown receptions as Devontae Adams. That's I'm absurd. crazy. That's absurd, yeah. It is absurd. I'm an absurd person. What about, there's some other great games this weekend, though. Is there anything else that stands out to you? Yeah, so talking about straight-up wins and stuff like that, I really like the Titans. I like I like that they've gotten rest. The Bengals are good, but like they're partying out and they were putting, giving out game balls in the bars and they were celebrating and stuff. And I think they've had a great season. And, and if they lost, like, I don't think their fans would be upset. I don't think anyone would be upset at them. Right. They, they yeah. surpassed expectations. They got here. The Titans are a team at where it's Super Bowl or bust. Right. Um, and if, if the Titans lost this game, it'd be very disappointing for them. I think they'd be very upset. Whereas the Bengals, if they lose this thing, this game, honestly, I, I won't say they'd be okay with it, but they wouldn't be breaking stuff. Their fans wouldn't be livid with them. Where as the Titans, I feel like they've, they've it's been a few years now. They've been coming ever since they, they made that move to Tannehill and quarterback. I think that was their shot. They got a lot of guys that are healthy. I made a bet on them to win the Super Bowl a few weeks ago at some nice odds because uh, I like the value. And here's the thing. I think the Titans are going to win this game. The matchup next week will definitely be more interesting because I don't know if the, I don't think the Titans have a tough time with the Bengals. Um, yeah. the, I, I think it's one of the easier ones. I'll talk about another one here. This is this might be the game of the week, guys. The Chiefs and the Bills. Crazy game of the game. year. This is crazy. This is a great game. Great massive. What, what were you saying earlier uh, on Tony's show? Like yeah. this is this might be the this might be the Super Bowl. This yeah. So I said it. I said it's probably the AFC Championship. Although I think Tennessee matches up well against both of these guys. It could it could be the Super Bowl. But here's the thing: like the Bills looked incredible against the Patriots, right? I think they scored seven touchdowns and seven possessions. I don't think they they did they did nothing but score touchdowns. Yeah. Everyone saw that, and I think people are going to overreact to that a little bit. I don't see that happening again. Kansas City has a massive home field edge. I still believe they have the better quarterback. I think Patrick Mahomes 
maybe Aaron Rodgers. One of those two are probably the best quarterbacks in the world right now. Josh Allen's getting there. But another thing, Josh Allen didn't turn the ball over last game, and he has these spouts where he turns the ball over two, three times, and they're ugly. You do that once or twice against this Kansas City team, and they don't do that, you're going to lose by double digits, guaranteed. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you going? Sorry, are you going Chiefs in this one? I, I got the Chiefs in this one. I like okay. the Chiefs. They've been here before. They did it last year. It's a little bit of a revenge game for the Bills, but I like the Chiefs at home. I think the Chiefs get the job done, one hundred percent. I like the Bills. This is the only one where we differ. So everybody, yeah. when we're when we're in concert, <laughs> straight yeah. winners last week. Yeah, I was five and one. Yeah. The only one that I missed was one that I picked with my heart, which I told you I was doing. I go, I'm picking the Raiders just because I want them to win. It yeah. wasn't like the football person in me. If I was not related to the, I'm not related to the car. I always joke that I'm the fourth car brother, but I'm connected to the family. Like David's a, a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know Derek and I know Darren, like I'm not picking against the Raiders. So that being, so I'm trying to say that I really went five and oh, but no, no, no. But I went five and one, which is good. Um, so we're, we only differ on the Chiefs, Bills, but how do you feel about Bucks, Rams? Uh, I, I, I got to go with the Bucks. I have to. I just, yeah. I can't, I 100%. can't trust, I can't trust Matt Stafford in the spot. It's Stafford, 100%. This, but this is another example. It's similar to the Bills game where like people saw the Rams and they absolutely destroyed the Cardinals, right? Yeah. And if you just look at teams in the last 10 games they've played, the Cardinals aren't a playoff team, right? Mm-hmm. They were because of their incredible record, but. To me, the Cardinals are the exact opposite of the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers, their last 10 games they've played, they've been elite. They've been an elite company, probably a top five team. They're top five offensively and defensively, whereas you look at the Cardinals, these guys didn't have anything going for them at the end of the season. Their coach, I think in the last five years, he's coached football, has had horrendous end of end of, sec- end of oh, yeah. second halves of the season, going back to college when he had Mahomes on his team and stuff. Uh, the Cardinals were... They're not. A, they weren't a legit team. They weren't a contender. They weren't someone that. They weren't a team that was going to scare anybody. And the Rams did to them what they should have. And I don't think that what they did was incredible. They had a nice win, and that's it. But it's going to be a lot different going over to uh, going down to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Brady in his home in his home field. I think he's eight and one this season at home. Uh, yeah. I see everybody's like, oh, I like the Rams. I want the Rams. I think the Rams are going to win. I I can't, can't slow the, hit the brakes a little bit. I can't get there yet. Yeah, let's not let's not overreact. I was doing the total access post game show on Monday night, and I in the moment of like, how do you pick against the Rams? Yeah. Their front four was so good. They're getting to the quarterback. If you can do that to Tom Brady, you can win these games. Yeah. And yet, when you take some time and look back, exactly what you are talking about, uh, it's Matthew Stafford. Like I'm yeah. not I'm not picking Matthew Stafford over Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm just not going to do it. And yeah. if and by the way, it would work out better for us. And our 49ers pick, if yeah, the 49ers 100%. win and the Rams win and the Rams play host of the NFC Championship game, San Francisco goes down there and beats them by 30. And, and they got uh, a home game. <laughs> yeah, it'll be another home game for the 49ers. Yeah. So all that stuff uh, would work. So if you're following, if you like us and you follow us, you're going to love the Bucks, the Titans, and the 49ers this week. Yeah. Pick out which one of us you like better for the uh, for the Chiefs, Bills. I, I really do believe that number one, the Bills changed as a team after they were humiliated on Monday night against the Patriots. That set them on a new course. And I will say this, I actually I actually think Josh Allen's better than Mahomes. I think Mahomes has been exposed a little bit. Yeah. Over the line. The, the only thing is is I don't think Mahomes was as bad as a lot of people thought he was in the beginning of the year because the the, the Chiefs were allowing an average of around 30 some odd points per game which mm-hmm. meant that Mahomes had to go out there and play hero ball. And then week six through 14, 
They averaged 13 points per game on defense. And Mahomes went out there and was kind of like a game manager in a way. And then over the last couple of weeks, the Chiefs' defense has kind of regressed back to the mean. They're allowing an average of 20, 20 to yeah. 24 points per game. Yeah. Mahomes is just playing Mahomes football, playing great. Yeah. And he's doing that. I just feel that Josh Allen is a quarterback that is like watching John Elway in his prime. What I imagine John Elway in his prime looked like watching NFL films, yeah. reading the stories. So I really love Josh Allen. But I think that it, I think next year when we're doing this, uh, we're going to be talking about Joe Burrow being the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. I don't think he's there yet. But I agree with you. It feels like the 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 uh, the, the, the Bengals, excuse me, we're already doing victory laps. Like yeah. They're like, yeah, oh, we did it, everybody. We got that playoff. We, we, we beat the curse of Bo Jackson. We're on our way. And uh, now it's time for real football. And I think the Tennessee Titans uh, will take that one. Well, Cash, listen, you're the best in the business for a reason. I appreciate you stopping by. I appreciate you being a part of the show. And uh, good luck to you this weekend. I'm going to bid you adieu right now. Where can people follow you, by the way? Are you on Twitter? Like, What is your social social media platform? How do I get a hold of you? Instagram. Instagram at runmybets. One word, runmybets. That's it. There it is. All right. Make sure you're following runmybets. I'm going to go make sure that I'm following you as well. There he goes, Cash. Take a bow, go off. All right, big thanks today to Eric Lambert for stopping by of the Sports Mockery. Make sure you're following him on Twitter, at Eric Lambert1. Following Cash and run my bets on Instagram because he's a kid. He's You see him, he's a little he's a little doll baby. He's a kid, so of course he's on Instagram. For all us old people, we're on Twitter. But I want to thank everybody for uh, checking out the podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all that. I don't listen. However, you get down TikTok, I don't care what it is. Just follow us. We're going to continue to have all these great podcasts coming to you. We're going to be following the Bears higher as we get closer and closer to the next GM, the next head coach of this team. Justin Fields will still be our quarterback. I will tell you that right now. There is no way. Listen, if you don't want to coach Justin Fields, go coach, go Brian, go coach Daniel Dimes. That's your right. You're from Brooklyn. Enjoy that. We're keeping Justin Fields. He is going to be a quarterback who is going to be an absolute superstar in Chicago. So big thanks to everybody. Thanks to Sammy for putting this all together. Till next week, this has been the Sick Podcast with Adam Ren. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.